Welcome back, and thank you for joining us once again at Howl History. I'm Derek. This is Chad. Chad, uh, thanks for coming back for another week and having some fun talking about the Wolves. How you doing? Good. How are you doing, man? Good. Man, I, I just love that intro music we got. That's yeah, just one I, of my favorite things. I gotta, I gotta like download the actual full version of the song so I can like jam out to it. In my right, head. just rock it in your car. Yeah, man, man, yeah. that that my head. <laughs> <laughs> that that music just hits me so hard. It, yeah. it makes me say, "Oh my lord, <laughs> thank you for blessing me with the mind to rhyme and too high feet and <laughs> MC Harper." Right. I had a, actually had a hamster when I was a kid. It was my first pet. It was a hamster, and his name was MC Hamster. That's all right. right. Well, I had. I have a more embarrassing MC Hammer story. So I had one of my friends growing up, um, Ricky, he, uh, he moved away after like, let's see, he moved away in fifth grade after fifth grade. And so we, we stayed in touch. We were still friends. And this is before MC Hammer was MC Hammer. anything. Yeah. Like this way before, yeah, before can't touch us. And, uh, I go to his house for a couple days to uh, for a sleepover and stuff. And in his, we're, his parents were divorced, so he was with his dad during the summers, and his dad lived in Minneapolis. And so we were staying at his dad's house, and he had in his room, like, and Ricky had a lot of different rap posters up, um, like LL Cool J, who I knew who that was, mm-hmm. but he had MC Hammer one. I'm like, oh, I'm trying to play cool. I'm like, oh, McHammer. I like McHammer. <laughs> He's like, did you call him McHammer? <laughs> so I'm like, what's a, how, how do you say it? He's like, MC Hammer, not Mick Hammer. But it's like, you know, you're, yeah. I, I was in sixth grade, maybe. I think we so. just found our uh, episode title right there. <laughs> uh, yeah. I should ask him if he, yep. if he remembers that. But. Mick Hammer. Love it. All right. Well, we are back. As we teased a couple of weeks ago, uh, we are going to go through the exercise of redrafting the NBA. And we're not going to waste everybody's time by going through 15 rounds of it and 450 players because, frankly, nobody would listen to that or find it entertaining or be able to keep track of what rosters had who without us just spending hours upon hours of recap. So uh, we are going to do the first two rounds. We're going to go 60 players. We're going to go through the teams in market size order. So biggest markets will get the best players, but that means in a snake draft, they'll come back and they'll get the worst second round players. And we'll see how how these teams turn out. Uh, Chad, we used to do this uh, on an old blog. We had a lot of fun with it. We'd write up paragraphs of explanation for each pick. We'd actually relocate franchises. We'd we'd laugh at the, the idiocy of some of the selections. And we, I don't know, we'd just waste time during work doing it. And we don't have the time to do that anymore. But here we are, are sitting with a podcast and we're ready to get, to get back at it. What do you think? Well, I think we laugh more at your picks than mine, but... <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I'm the one that renamed the Utah Jazz to the Utah Dutch Ovens, so I think I, it was very clever. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I mean, I know I've moved around some teams, and I know that's up still on uh, on some site because it's on our our uh, group fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Nope, I've got a WordPress blog that's got. I think we did the first two rounds last time too before we got we didn't make it through. So we've th- we've done it twice before. This will be the third time and. We'll go through the first two rounds over the next two episodes and uh, see who, where you would be selecting and where you could come up with the best two-man pairing to actually uh, set a team up for the future or for the present or for the present and the future. So uh, lots of players available, lots of guys that we had to look through to come up with who would be the 30 best franchise players in the NBA. Um, this is not the 30 best current players. This is not uh, the 30 best 
contract values in the NBA. We threw contracts out. You're essentially assuming that if you're drafted 1-1, you'll have the highest contract. If you're drafted uh, 15 pick third round 15 pick 30, you'd have the lowest contract, and it'll just slightly degrade from there. So um, we're not going to worry about contracts. Uh, so we're not going to say r- current rookies are much more valuable than uh, longtime veterans because of their their low contract prices. But uh, ultimately, there are going to be some some good debates here trying to figure out uh, is LeBron at 36 years old still one of the top five players you'd start a franchise with, or is our very favorite rookie Anthony Edwards worth a worth a spot in the first round to start you know to be the franchise player for a team moving forward? So um, we're going to get at it. We're going to start out up here right away so that we don't waste too much of your time and don't have this episode last for three hours so chad uh you're gonna have we're gonna have the first pick be the new york knicks coming out of the largest market and obviously we're not going to pick the nets uh if we're choosing the best team in a, in a market so uh do you want the first pick or the second pick in this draft um i'll take the first pick first pick all right round one pick one with the first pick in the 2021 redrafting the nba draft the new york knicks select Giannis. Giannis Antetokounmpo. I believe that's what I would have done as well. But why don't you justify your selection very briefly? Well, you know, I think he's the most well-rounded superstar in the league currently. You know, there's there's other guys that are more dynamic at certain things, but there's nobody that's as good at offense and as good at defense as Giannis is, mm-hmm. who's at a position that he can play really for maybe five positions if you if you needed him to in a pinch but i would feel comfortable playing him at anything from two through five um on my team so once we get to the second round i'll be looking to maybe pair him with a point guard potentially um but i i just think and then in that new york market like he's been sort of on one of the smaller market teams so far in real life so let's let's just give him a boost and give him that star power he deserves and put him in uh you know the biggest market in the country new york starting strong adding the two-time reigning mvp uh i've got three guys i think that i would consider for this next pick here i'm not gonna give all three of them away because you might steal them with pick number three but i believe that the brooklyn nets are going to not go for peak performance but go for peak plus future and select luka Doncic with the second overall pick moving forward so um, that was actually one of the guys I actually thought about for number one um, was Luca as well, just be, for the same reasons. And the one other thing I think Luca does better than Giannis is he can potentially make the guys around him a little better mm-hmm. than Giannis does. Um, well, not potentially he does. I mean, he, you know, he's an assist machine. He's, um, whereas Giannis is sort of have the, more of the Michael Jordan style star, put the, put the team on your back and kind of do everything him, mm-hmm. himself. You know, and just hope that the guys can help them just enough to get them, you know, past the first round. Yeah. I mean, I think we've been fairly in agreement on these first two picks, but it was odd when I was going through this that there was not a clear cut. This is the best player in the league that you'd want to start a franchise with selection. I mean, Giannis is great. Giannis has flaws. Luca's great. Luca has flaws. So and I think you could have somebody come on here and argue for any number of players and give a good reason for why three or four other guys should have gone in these first two spots. And it's, I don't feel like the league has been in that disposition for quite a while. And this may look silly in three years when one of these guys steps up and just has clearly been the best guy for, you know, for the last three years. But I mean, it's been the LeBron era for so long that it's just crazy to think that there's just kind of this peanut buttering of talent throughout the league. 
Yeah, I mean, I still think LeBron might, is p- the best player on the planet today. Mm-hmm. I just he's thirty six. So in in the confines of what we're doing here, it's hard to waste the very first pick on a thirty six year old, right? Regardless of how good he is. So that's the only reason why he fell to me. I mean, I was going to ask you then if when's the last time you felt there was a consensus number one? Because I would even argue that since Kevin Durant's been in the league, there's enough Durant, you know, acolytes out there who believe that Durant is in consideration to be as good or better than LeBron as well. So I, I guess I haven't felt like LeBron was the consensus number one for a while. Now I I think he's the favorite to be number one. I think more people would pick him number one than, than Durant, but I, it's not like when Jordan was in the, you know, at the helm, there was no argument who the best player in the league was when, Jordan was in the league, you know, with LeBron, uh, you know, the first half of his career, there wasn't much argument either. Although Kobe had yeah, Kobe a lot was of fans still there. there. Absolutely. And, and I never felt like Kobe was on that level, but to me, Tim Duncan was still there yep. then. Yep. Um, and so I would have put him up there. So, you know, but there, what those voices weren't as loud as I think the Durant voices are the last few years around LeBron, which as you know, I hate because I don't think look, Durant is anywhere near LeBron's level. Yeah. Um, personally, but, um, so I think the understanding all the way through LeBron's time in Cleveland was always that another guy may step up for a season or two, but everybody knew in their heart of hearts that LeBron was still the best player in the world. Just kind of like we, what we just said about how he's currently still at this moment, the guy you would trust, um, to be the best player in a game or a series or even a season if he really wanted to be. And, I mean, three years ago, you know, his final season as Cleveland, he was still 33, but he was LeBron, and you knew he had a lot of seasons left in him. So if I were coming into this even three years ago when he was still in Cleveland, and I would have been able to say, you know what, I'm drafting for the future, and I can get LeBron at 33, and even if that's only four, five more years of LeBron at his peak, that's four to five chances for a championship. Which, if I'm drafting Giannis... It's really going to depend what I come back in round two and three and do. And I'm going to have picks 60 and 61. And that's going to really, like, I'm not getting a second superstar to, to team up with him. And Giannis and is same, great. But... Same, same with Luca, right? Yeah. I mean, like, so far, both those guys, like, it's so rare to have a one guy that almost guarantees you a chance at the finals. Right. So, and LeBron's one of those guys, he, right? He either is or recently was one of those guys. And I don't know if. You'd take 36-year-old LeBron with the injury history he's had the last couple of years and say without Anthony Davis, but with a more uh, you know, diverse league of talent with you know the players being spread out all over and not accumulated at the top, that he would automatically be worth a championship. But three years ago, I would have said, you know what, give me next next four or five years, even if we're looking for 10 years down the road. I just had you know, 40 to 50% of that as a championship contender, so... I would have said up to his time, the end of his time in Cleveland, I absolutely would have said LeBron was the guy that any franchise would have gone with if they were truly in their heart of hearts starting a franchise over. And and then interestingly, because you like Durant better than me, but you don't even take him here ahead of Luca or no. Giannis. Well, I mean, for a couple of reasons, and and Durant, we'll get to Durant because he'll, yeah, he'll yeah. come back around. But Durant is thirty two years old and he's coming off a fairly significant injury, and not even a fairly significant, a seriously significant injury, and missed a significant part of this season even though he's looked good in his return he's looked like Kevin Durant he hasn't been able to be on the floor for majority of the season so um, I think that's going to be a a common theme for a lot of these players where we're drafting for 
how much we trust their ability to stay on the floor. Um, it'll come down to the Jokic versus Embiid conversation. It'll come down to what you think about Zion or Kawhi with his load management. You know, I think there are lots of players where you can say, you know, I don't know. Do I trust him to be healthy for the next five years? You know, but um, I still think Durant is an amazing player and he's he's going to be in the top half of this round, I believe. But at the same time, who who knows at the age of 32 how many years he has left at his peak. He's not built the same way that, that LeBron is. And even though I could trust that he's going to give me a, a playoff team right now, unless he has full health, I don't trust it as an immediate contender. So I'm going to go and with... He's not, I'm, he doesn't have the dynamic skill set, LeBron, either, where he can play... LeBron is, like I said, Giannis can play four positions that I'd mm-hmm. be comfortable with. LeBron can play all five. Yeah. And Durant probably can play three, um, you know, in my mind. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's another big difference, I think, because, you know, like, like we were saying, it, whoever you take here, you know, you want to be as flexible as possible with whatever other position you put around that person. Yeah. Um, and give yourself the best chance, you know, and then age and all that comes into it. Like you said, injury history. And, you know, it's not just this year. Durant misses time almost every season for mm-hmm. the last, I don't know, five plus seasons. So um, he's not the most durable guy, partly because he's so thin. And Yeah. So, I mean, and he is one of the older players that you'd consider in this first round. So I think that is a knock against him if you're considering just starting a franchise and not knowing who's going to be around in 50 or so picks. So, yeah, but that brings us to pick number three. We are moving out to the West Coast with the L.A. Lakers. Chad, who are the Lakers restarting their franchise with? Who's their new star? So I'm going to take this is another um, close one for me, but I'm going to take Jokic here. Okay, And, um, you know, the one thing I loved about this season, the NBA is kind of the return of the importance of the big man. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we kind of saw it last year in the bubble a little bit with um, like Miami having Bam kind of really set the tone for their, their team, you know, and Jimmy, but Bam was like the center point of that defense, you know, yeah. just having a big man makes it, it just kind of proved that the big man can still make the most dominant impact on the team, regardless of whether or not they're the most skilled player. Um, and Jokic happens to be both. He's one of the more skilled players in the league and he's a big man mm-hmm. who can affect winning on both sides, whether it's on offense or on defense, um, and so, it, you know, the other one for me that was close was, was Embiid for the same reasons. Um, Jokic is a little more durable and he's, uh, you know, a significantly better passer. Yep. Um, and so that makes his teammates better. Um, I just frankly think he's a, uh, a slightly better player overall than Embiid too. And he's not a troll. Right. <laughs> so right. He, he doesn't annoy me <laughs> like the way, uh, Embiid has started to do the last few seasons. That's a good pick. I mean, he's going to be the MVP this year, and he has just taken a step forward almost every single year, but definitely this year. He's even he's even surpassed Towns in his shooting ability for one season at least. And I, you know, you have to do it for multiple seasons in a row to be considered the best shooting big man in the league, and pass Towns for that mantle. But the amount of things that he does on the floor better than anybody else. He's, you know, it's overused, but he's a unicorn. Nobody else does what he does. So, yeah, he's. I mean, he's, and he's just, he plays with a joy that is just fun to watch too. And, you know, he's not, you don't hear issues with that team, you know, where there's, you know, concerns over sharing the ball or any of that kind of stuff either. So like mm-hmm. he's by all accounts, a good teammate as well. Somebody that you can happily build around. 
All right, so that brings me to pick number four. I get the Clippers, so I'm going to decide. I feel bad. If you want to be the Clipper, or you just want to be the Lakers here, you certainly can. No, no, no. I'm going to be the Clippers. I'm going to decide which uh, young star's future I'm going to destroy um, <laughs> with that cursed franchise. I can't believe what's happening to them in the playoffs right now. They're just just a train wreck to watch, but it's kind of a it's always fun to watch a train wreck. So if you they're they're in rough shape for years to come. They have oh, no picks. They... If they lose this and things go sideways, it's not going to be good for them. Kawhi or George demand out, and yeah. who knows? I mean, George just signed his extension, so he he's locked in. They got him at Mac, you know max deal for the next four years, and but Kawhi's got his player option. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so crazy. I don't see if they lose this first round. I don't see how they bring both of them back as their two best players next year and just run it back. You can't just tinker around the edges anymore. No, no. I mean, and they've given up so much. You yeah. know, I mean, they don't have any other small pieces to go add to their team so yeah you get rid of Montrez and you get rid of shy Gilgis mm-hmm. get rid of Gallinari I mean they had a lot of other pieces that fit that yeah. team so yeah it's rough it'll be crazy but but good luck yeah I got the Clippers so uh I know that uh, I know that Embiid is probably the right choice because of what I just said about the Braun. you know that if you're taking him it gives you the best chance at contending for the next three to four years at least but I don't at 27, I don't necessarily trust him to make it past 30 with the, the, the health history that he has had. Um, and I think I've been on the record for having even said that if I were the Sixers and I were forced to trade either him or Simmons, I might even side with Simmons for who to continue to build around because I think he's just more easily uh, positioned in terms of how you can build your team around him. But um, So with that said, I, I would probably move him, or pick him fifth if I were you in, in that position. But I'm gonna I'm gonna slide Zion up here into pick number four. I have the the biggest knock on Zion for me is that I have no idea who would be his optimal running mate coming back around in round two because of the disservice that Van Gundy and uh, Alvin Gentry have done with him so far in his career and the roster David Griffin has put together. I. I don't want a Stephen Adams next to him. I don't want a Alonzo Ball. I don't, you know, it's just I don't. I I I'd want one of those elite three point shooters. Yeah, you need something, somebody to spread the floor. But it's just kind of like all of his buckets come in the paint. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's like a you know wrecking ball right inside. And so yeah, I would want you know, and and who knows who will be available for the second round. But you know, getting a guy that's you know mm-hmm. one of those elite three point shooters would help open things up for him and also balance the rest of that team, whoever the other three guys will end up being. But um, I mean, Zion's one of my favorite players in the league to watch. Um, He is an enigma in the sense that he's so damn efficient at what he, he he knows who he is, which is so unique for a guy that age. Mm -hmm. I mean, sort of like Nas Reed is for the the wolves. Nas is so dialed in on who he is as a player, what his strengths and weaknesses are which is why he never takes mid-range shots, things yep. like that. And Zion's like that, but on a whole nother level, because Zion's like, you know, a superstar level talent, whereas Nas is a, you know, six man of the year kind of talent, mm-hmm. in, you know, at his peak, I think. Um, and so that's unique to have. And a guy that's that acutely aware of who he is as a, as a player. Um, but the downside to that is he is, his skill set is so narrow. It is. It's, it's limited. It's, absolutely. It's yep. sharp as it is. It's a, it's such a narrow skill set. So yeah, it's a trick on what you pair them with. Yeah. Um, which is why I would I would hesitate to pick or not hesitate, but I would lean towards picking some a player whose 
similar to him, but on the opposite end of the right. Skill. I, yep, I agree. I, it was, this was where it kind of dropped off. Like this, this is the start of tier two for me, um, with uh, Giannis, Luka, and Jokic easily being in that first tier of just the cream of the crop right now, and you know what you're getting, and you're going to be a competitor young enough. And um, with this, the competition here, like I said, between Zion and Embiid, and um, that's probably it for that tier for me. But uh, we'll see where you go here for, for pick number five. We have the Chicago Bulls coming up with pick number five, so we'll see if they can turn their franchise around. Yeah, and I'm going to have to take Embiid here. Um, I, I thought if I took Embiid with the Laker pick that you would have taken uh, Jokic. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like Jokic a little better, actually a lot better, but as a personal preference. <laughs> but in terms of like where they're ranked, yeah. I do have Embiid sort of the next guy, um, especially at the center position. And like I said, with Jokic, same thing applies here. The fastest way to be in a competitive team is by having one of the best big men in the yeah. league we haven't seen that yet with the timberwolves because cat hasn't been able to stay on the court and have his running mates on right. the court at the same time but i i do still think cats in that top tier of big men um i just think these two in particular are ahead of them right now yeah uh, and so um you get Embiid, who can be a top defensive player in the league and he can be a top offensive player in the league he can do virtually everything and the downside as you pointed out is his health although he's been relatively healthy the last you know two seasons um yeah he misses portions of every year i mean he's never going to yep. be a 82 player age two game player no but, but nobody is in this era of the nba you know it's it's not like you know going back to that 89 timberwolves team where guys are playing 43 44 45 minutes a night and making every game mm-hmm. guys are sitting out for general soreness and yep. no i mean else. but at the same time like you know i've this is how much of a nerd I am. I have a spreadsheet that we for uh, our fantasy basketball free agency every year, where I put in all the players that are going to be possible free agents, and I give them you know a plus one or minus one in a bunch of different categories. Ended up like you know figuring out what I think their auction value is going to be heading in, and one of them is health and the number of average games played over the past few seasons. And you know typically if a guy is around seventy out of eighty two, you you trust that that's a pretty you know standard number. Um, you know anything under anything over 75 is amazing because nobody does that anymore. Anything under 60 is kind of starting to get a little worrisome and beats constantly between like 50 and 55 games. So there's always that one stretch of 12 games that he misses plus a lot of one to two game spurts throughout the season. So, um, and I do think that the organization is extra careful with him. Yeah, they absolutely are. Yep. So that, and I think the other thing that happens in the league is the competitive teams that are always at the top of their divisions. Um, are they have the luxury of being able to sit guys longer, right? And yeah. so the Sixers have Simmons and yep. you know Harris. They're still the number one that, seed, so you do it. Yep. Yep. And you can sit them longer than if this was the late nineties, would Embiid really have only played fifty five games? I think his health would have dictated he probably would have played closer to seventy or seventy five games. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think any of his injuries the last two years have been so impactful that he would have missed significant amount of time in different eras of the NBA. I think this current era of the NBA, not this isn't me saying they're right or wrong. It's just they know more about the human body and players' health and all that kind of stuff today than they did, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And so the teams are trying to outsmart that system, make sure that they have these guys later in the year. And then players are also there's so much money now mm-hmm. in the league that mm-hmm. they're not going to risk no, they're, they're smarter about it. Absolutely. Yep. So, yeah, I, I, you know, so 
I mean, the other guys on our list so far, Jokic is a virtual Ironman. Giannis has been a virtual Ironman. And Luka has been a virtual Ironman. Zion. Yeah, he's missed time too. Yep. So I'm I'm not saying you made the wrong pick at all. It was clearly the right pick. With these top five for me were just, I'm really at a tough spot here with pick number six because I feel like there's a significant drop off in terms of who you'd want to start your, your franchise with. But um, but yeah, that was that was would be the only thing that would worry me about Embiid, which is the same thing that worries anybody about Embiid. So um, I agree with it. So we have the running down the top five. We have the Knicks taking Giannis, the Nets taking Luka, the Lakers taking Jokic, the Clippers taking Zion, and the Bulls taking Embiid. So we have the top five players out of the way. Uh, coming up at pick number six, the Toronto Raptors, oddly enough, of the sixth largest market in the league. Um, and this is a tough spot for me because I feel like I can either go young and continue my trend after uh, Luka and Zion. I can go to one of the best players in the league and go a little bit older, or I can find a nice spot right in the middle and try to bridge that gap. And um, with the selection of young players still available, I think I'm going to have to wait a pick or two on that one. And I'm not quite ready to go with the guy over 30 yet if I have the the sixth pick and and redrafting the entire NBA. So I'm going to bridge the gap. I'm going to go with the 28-year-old Anthony Davis and turn him into the next Chris Bosh up there in uh, in Toronto. So I don't, I'm not absolutely in love with it. Um, I don't feel like Davis is a franchise-carrying talent or player. I, I take it back. He is a franchise-carrying talent. talent. I don't yeah. know if he's a franchise-carrying player. I mean, he's had spur- he had spurts in New Orleans where he was unstoppable. He has times in L.A. where... LeBron isn't either, either isn't there, or he chooses to take a night uh, easy, and they lean on Davis, and he's the guy. Um, so I get it; like he's just as talented as anybody in the league, and that's what I'm betting on here. Um, I've you know called him a generational player, you know, his first couple of years in the league with New Orleans, and I, I think that he still has the talent to do that. I think what we've seen is that he's not quite; he doesn't quite have the makeup to be a guy that's going to put you on his back and carry you, unless he's got the is unless he's on the superior team and he's got the supporting staff around him to really just run away with it but at this point sixth pick overall he's 28 years old and i think i got a, a, quite a few years left out of him i'm gonna go with it i'm gonna go with anthony davis i don't disagree with that i mean i think purely on talent he's the most talented big man and mm-hmm. he's the third big man taken here so um i think yeah obviously the question mark with him is his health and then just is he is he Batman or is he Robin? Right. You know, he's got the talent of Superman. Yeah. But he's got the mindset of Robin. Um, going to need a really strong lead ball handler coming back around at the turn for, for whatever, for this Toronto Raptors team that's starting out with Davis. Yeah. A guy, I mean, you know, a Kyle Lowry type, you know, maybe yeah. he's still there, that, that type of personality to, to go along with, with Davis. Mm-hmm. A Ricky Rubio, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rubio's off the table for you. He's he's not going to make it to pick to pick a uh, fifty-five. Oh, that's rough. I know. All right, <laughs> so Chad, you're coming back. Philadelphia, the 76ers Ooh. have the seventh pick. Again, another team that you like a lot. So I know I've got history <laughs> with this team. Although to be fair, I don't like the Knicks or the Lakers, so it's not like you've taken a whole that's lot true. from me. And I don't like the Lakers. I, I I've always liked the Knicks team, even though like the I've liked their logo. I yeah. like their history. I like. I like that Patrick Ewing, John Starks, Charles Oakley era yeah. Knicks. I haven't liked anything that the Knicks put out since. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I think that the current playoff series against the Hawks is the first time I've ever cheered for the Knicks in the playoffs. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I cheered against them pretty hard back when Ewing was there because Reggie Miller was my favorite player mm-hmm. in the league for mm-hmm. a few years there. And so I was a huge Pacers fan and was rooting for him. Yeah. But but during the Jordan run, I actually was a rooting for the Knicks. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. No, I so. mean, I was Jordan through and through, so I hated the Knicks with a passion. Yeah, I, I liked yeah. Jordan until they won. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, every time they'd meet the Knicks in the Eastern, it's like, okay, let, let's get Ewing get a shot at the finals. Yeah. I was <laughs> so. still young enough that I, I I enjoyed dynasties and the same team winning every year. So Yeah. Yeah, I, I hated them my entire life. There's never been a time I I ever liked a dynasty mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Probably because we live in Minnesota and we've never had anything remotely close to other than the Lynx, um, which I didn't they didn't come around until I was an adult. So. Right. Yeah. Uh, speaking uh, of dynasties, a team that hasn't won the championships in ni- since 1983, the 76ers. Yeah, I, this one's tough for me as well, but I think I'm going to go Jason Tatum here. There you go. Um, another guy who I think is pretty vers- versatile, as you can see, all my picks so far. I, I, well, outside of the, the two centers, but like Giannis is uh, kind of like a Jason Tatum type player where I think Jason Tatum can play multiple positions. Yeah. Um, he can, uh, I, I think he's still getting better. Um, and he has that clutch gene to me that some of these guys that like, like Anthony Davis, I don't think he's got that clutch gene in him where, you know, he's going to just make something happen out of nothing when, when well, it's also hard for a big man to do that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Although I do think a guy like Jokic does that. I yes. think Embiid does that. Um, and, and so, uh, Tatum is one of those guys. Though. I mean, he, you know, dating all the way back to his rookie year, he was just had that in him, that, that ability to take his game to another level at, at the most crucial times. So I've always dug that about him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like his overall game. I mean, you know, I really like both him and Jalen Brown on that Boston team. So I really was bummed when Brown went down. I, oh yeah, absolutely. Was, they, they were going to be my team in the East to root for this, this playoffs. But unfortunately they just don't have enough firepower now, but um, but yeah, Jason Tatum. Yeah, no, I agree. He would have been my next pick if I would have gone young with my last one. Um, he was in the same category as Zion and Luca for me. Clearly, they're third on that list. Um, but uh, sitting at 23 years old, I think he's got plenty of plenty of growth left ahead of him. He needs to he needs to be better at making his teammates better. Um, I think that's a, a big growth area for him that we don't have to worry about with guys like Giannis and Luca because they've. I mean, even Giannis, I think is good at finding his teammates when he collapses the defense their whole team is built around him collapsing a defense and then finding the open shooters. So um, yeah. And I think Giannis is a little bit more KG esque in that he wants to make the right play. Yep. Regardless of what the situation is on the floor. Tatum is got Tatum more wants to score. He's yeah. the coach. Gene. He yep. wants to be the hero. Uh, so I, I couldn't agree more. No. I, so I like Tatum. I like to pick, um, I still would have, uh, probably debated between him and, uh, a couple other older guys just because there's some really, really strong talent out there, some championship proven talent out there. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's a strong pick. I can't really argue with it. So let's see. The 76ers went. That brings us to Dallas. The first team in Texas, the Mavericks, with the eighth pick. I am going to... Oh, I got four guys here in the category, and they all are so similar to me. I'll just read them off. I got LeBron, obviously, Steph, Harden, and Durant. And I feel like they're all between 31 and 36, with Harden, Durant, and Steph being between 31 and 33. But 
LeBron being LeBron. So if I'm going to go with age, if I'm going to go with the guy that I feel like will be able to hold it together for another five years at his peak. Oh my gosh. I'm going to hate myself for not taking LeBron here, but I'm going to go with Steph. I think I'm going (laughs) to, yeah. I thought I was safe on Steph because I didn't think you liked him nearly as much as I do. No, I mean, if, if anybody on that list is, I take it back. If two of these guys on this list are built to last into their well into their careers that aren't already 36 like LeBron and that's Steph and Harden. I feel like Harden's game is an already an old man game. He doesn't rely as much on his physicality, but I don't know. Steph could still be playing at 39 and be bombing from 48 feet. And I just don't know if it would surprise me at all. He's never been reliant on his defense. He's never been super reliant on his athleticism, but it's just been more about, he knows how to make four inches of space so that he can get his shot off, and he's shot it so many times he knows exactly what to do. And and he's in incredible shape. I mean, yeah. he's constantly running off screen. He's like Reggie Miller, you know, who also could, was stayed in his prime later into his career mm-hmm. than other guys at in his era. Um, so yeah, I, I you know, Steph would have been my my pick as well for those reasons. Um, I also think nobody on this list or anywhere that will appear on this list affects the game as much as Steph Curry does. I mean, I, you know, we, we talked about like in the KG was on the sports illustrated cover, the kid who changed the game. And, and he did, cause he was a seven footer who could play the small forward position yep. and he made all that money and all that kind of stuff. Um, but Steph Curry, I think has changed the league more than even KG did back then. I mean, if there wasn't Steph Curry, James Harden wouldn't exist at the level that he does yeah. either because he wouldn't, nobody would have given him the freedom to become the James Harden we know today had Steph Curry not done it himself first. Right. Um, and I just like, you know, we've, you, we've gone back and forth on this, even on this podcast about those, those championships that Curry won. I still Durant or not Curry's the best player on that team. Nobody will ever be able to convince me that Durant was more important or better than Steph Curry. And Durant might be more complete as Mm -hmm. a player, but, I, you know, when teams are coming in to play Golden State, that game plan, it's, you know, there's lots of things you got to worry about, but none more so than Steph Curry, in my opinion. And uh, so, yeah, I absolutely think that's the the right pick here. And I'm, you know, I have to say, I have to give you credit. You picked him over Durant, which I <laughs> would have never thought you would have done. So I thought I was like, oh, I, I actually thought about taking him all the way back to the Chicago pick. Yeah. Where I took him beat. I actually thought about taking Curry there and. Um, cause I'm like, you know, like you said about Embiid's health, like what well, Curry's probably still going to play more games in the next five years than Embiid. Right. <laughs> you know? Yep. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think, I think that's a steal. <laughs> well, you, uh, justified it for me. So I'm going to move right on. <laughs> We're, uh, moving to the nation's capital, the Washington wizards up with pick number nine. And for all the same reasons, again, as we were just talking about, uh, Steph, I'm going to take the Steph 2.0 and take James Harden. Um, I think, you know, Harden is in some ways a little more dynamic than than Steph because Steph is kind of a catch and shoot. And yeah. like you said, he can shoot from anywhere on the court and make it. Harden can do that as well. But Harden's also got a little bit better handles where he can kind of get his own shot. Right. You know, without having to run around as much, which is why he's a little bit more um, round. Yeah. <laughs> Steph Curry. Um, that would worry me. I don't think James Harden's going to be able to be James Harden as long as Steph Curry's going to be able to be Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think Steph Curry is going to keep himself in much better shape than James Harden. 
And, you know, part of what James Harden's so good skilled at being able to do is use his strength as well at shooting yep. guard. I mean, he's one of the strongest shooting I mean, it's not just league. threes for him. It's foul. It's free throws, too. Exactly. Yep. yep. He goes in there. He he looks for that contact. Steph's looking to avoid contact at any cost mm-hmm. unless he's leaning into you to make some circus shot and get the end one for a four-point play. Yep. But um, Harden's looking to get you out of the game, get you in fall trouble. And, um, and so he's dynamic in that way. And then the other thing that Harden does really, really well is he's a really good passer, mm-hmm. underrated passer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, and I think both of them, frankly, can be really good defenders when they need to be. Um, and so I don't think they're, you know, they're not certainly not going to be elite defenders, but there's other guys on this list who are really terrific offensive players who you know, I don't think they're as good at defense players like a Bradley Beal. I don't think he's as good at on defense as either Steph or Harden when the moment calls for it. He, you know, I think those two can step up their games in a way that some of those other guys can't. So, um, he's not Giannis, but that's why I'm getting him all the way down here at whatever pick we're at. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have it numbered. <laughs> we're at number nine, so I'll round out our top ten. We're going back to Texas with the Houston Rockets, and. This is where we're going to bring in a name that we haven't mentioned yet, but I feel like he, even if he might be a tier below LeBron and Durant talent wise, it's not, he might not even be him. He might be right at right there. Um, and he's a few years younger. So I'm going to go with Kawhi Leonard at number 10. Uh, I know that load management is a thing. I don't know if he's going to carry another team to a title, but at the same time, he's been the best. He's been considered the best player in the league before. He's been considered the best defender in the league before. And if he's got the right supporting cast, you know he can lead a team to a title and be that alpha alpha scorer as well. So um, he's 29 years old. I don't know how many more miles he has left on him, but at the same time, I'm going to I'm gonna roll with him. I think that he's, he's a safer lock health-wise than Kevin Durant is, and he's got seven years on LeBron. So hopefully I can get a, a few more uh, miles out of him than uh, rolling with one of the oldest players in the league. So I'm going to go with Kawhi, the claw. I like it. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, he would have been right there with, with Harden for me at that pick. I think, um, the current playoff situation has yeah, soured me a little bit more on him. Me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Otherwise he probably would have been a couple picks higher. Right. Um, but at the same I, time, if, he, like, he's the only one who is performing. On that's that true. Yeah. It's yeah. not his fault. Yeah. And if you would have asked me at the beginning of the season, to pick between Kawhi Leonard and Jason Tatum, I would have certainly picked Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, just watching the season, I've been a bigger fan of Jason Tatum. So, um, but no, good pick. Yeah. All right. So we're through ten. I'll read. I'll give us a quick recap. The New York Knicks went with Giannis Antetokounmpo. The Nets went with Luka Doncic. The Lakers Jokic. The Clippers Zion. The Bulls Embiid. Raptors Anthony Davis. The 76ers Jason Tatum. The Dallas Mavericks, Stephen Curry, the Washington Wizards, James Harden, and rounding out the top 10, Kawhi Leonard going to the Houston Rockets. So that brings us to Chad's favorite team, the Golden State Warriors, at pick number 11. Definitely one of them. So I have a the same conundrum you had with a couple of guys, but mm-hmm. I'm actually going to take another guy that we, we briefly mentioned, but only in passing. I'm actually going to take Cat, big, big Cat here. Um, right. I... Uh, Looking at the other list, I mean, it, I strongly considered LeBron here, but again, the age scares me off. Durant, I just frankly don't trust Durant as much as I would trust Towns over that 
time period. Um, I think Durant's more injury prone. I think they're pretty comparable offensive players. And I think this year Towns has shown he's improved on defense. I don't think he's as good a defensive player as Durant, but I, I think he, he's only going up still. And I, I don't, I think Durant peaked a season or two ago. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's getting any, any better. And I just don't like Kevin Durant very much. So <laughs> <laughs> made it very easy between the two when Towns is one of my favorite players in the league and Durant's one of my least favorite. Right. All right. We are going with Carl Anthony Towns at pick number 11. I can't argue with it. I mean, he's only a couple seasons removed from being the player that NBA GMs would have started a franchise with, but that was back when he was 20 years old and had a world of promise ahead of him. And it's not saying he hasn't improved, uh, but at the same time, I don't know if he's become the player they hoped he would. Um, But he did have what some would say uh, his best defensive season in his career. Um, he's always going to be a strong offensive player, and he's shown even more ability as a as a facilitator under Chris Finch. So um, I think he's got room to improve. Like you said, he's he's still going up, even if it's only slightly. I think this is kind of where the rubber's hitting the road for me a little bit, with kind of like what I said with Anthony Davis, but just to a, a even stronger extent. Like I think we're hitting the point in this first round where we're really starting to wonder: Is this a one A guy in a championship team? And it, maybe it is in this new league that we're forming with the the talent all spread out. It probably isn't in uh, the current NBA. Like, I don't know if I would say, even with the Timberwolves as much of a fan as I am, that Carl Anthony Towns is a 1A player on a championship team. You know, so maybe a 1B, you know, but I think you need somebody just as good as him to go compete. And play, and, so. Yeah, and I don't disagree. I think that's probably the case. In a couple of these situations, I mean, obviously Harden's number one. Yep. Um, yep. You know, Ka- Kawhi has won as the one A, mm-hmm. so that one's a, a clear cut one. Um, and Steph's won as a one A. Um, a lot of these Davis, guys were hoping. I mean, Embiid, yep. Davis. I mean, Zion. Zion. I mean, Jokic yeah, so, even. Yeah. So I mean, none of uh, very few of these guys have actually won a title as a one A. It's just projecting. But and, and for me, look at what Towns has done since the All Star break. With his passing, if he had better talent around him, yep. I think we're looking at Jokic-like assist numbers mm-hmm. out of Towns. You know, it might might be slightly down, but it's 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 Jokic one, Towns two in terms of big man assist numbers. I think in the league, if we see that over the course of the whole season, and he has a little bit better talent around him, so a hundred percent agree. It just depends on what that his running mate is um, for him to, you know, yeah. to, to win. I I think. Of those, you know, I'll, like if you look at Anthony Davis and Towns, I think Anthony Davis is more talented. But if I had to hang my hat on building around one of them and, you know, and getting the quality player, whoever that player is, uh-huh. pairing him with that second player with Towns is a better bet to win than pairing him with Davis, right? Like if you put Towns with LeBron, I don't think they are any worse. And I might even say they're a little bit better just because I think Towns might play off a little off LeBron a little bit better because of his. He's a better shooter, yeah. that kind of. Um, so that's kind of the way I look at all these picks. Frankly, is just like okay, if I if I swap this guy out, and I, I do that, I've done that my whole life, right? Yeah. Like, you take the KG 2004 season, you take KG and you swap him with Kobe, or you swap him with Shaq. It doesn't matter which one. The, that team still wins the, the championship. Mm-hmm. KG was is that good, right? So that's kind of the way I see Towns. Not, not all these, uh, not anybody can play with Towns and make him a champion, but I think. There's there's enough other guys on this list that that you compare him with that could make him a 
a champion. And I think Towns has got the ability to be, if we did this same exercise a year from now, yep. Towns might be a top two or three guy. Again, right? Like you said, he's only two or three seasons removed from being the consensus pick by GMs as the number one guy to start a franchise around. I very easily could see if, I think the biggest thing that's dropped Towns from that nationally is the fact that the Wolves haven't won. If the Wolves were winning, it's so many people put so much emphasis on winning when it's a team game, it kind of drives me a little bit crazy. Yeah. Yep. Like LeBron's first year in LA, he didn't win crap either. You know, he had to get some stud players around him in order to be competitive right. again. Exactly. And so that's what I think people put too much on that in a team game. Um, there's only so much you can do. And especially with all the other dysfunction that Towns has had to deal with that some of these other star players haven't had to deal with at all. So, um, in fact, everybody on this list ahead of them has been in a more um, advantageous, advantageous, you know, and less chaotic environment. Mm-hmm. Even, I mean, James Harden's been in some chaotic environments, but by his own doing. Right. Kawhi Leonard, by his own doing. And and I would argue both of those were actually less chaotic than what Towns has had to go through with Tibbs and Jimmy and then the, you know, flip passing and then Ryan coming in and being replaced and all these things that, that Towns has had to deal with, I think has hampered his growth. Yeah, and I don't think anybody above him will get there. The only one that has a chance because he's so young and hasn't made the playoffs yet is, is Zion. But uh, things would have to go awfully south in New Orleans for him to not be viewed at as a perennial all per, all NBA player because of the success of his team. So um, with all that said, I think I, I made my case and I think it's about time and it's going to be awkward because the next pick goes to the Atlanta Hawks, but we're putting LeBron on the team. So I know he's 36 and I know that uh, I, I don't know how many games you're going to get out of him each season. I don't know. Uh, what his health is going to be moving forward. I don't think anybody knows. I think we're all just kind of hoping and guessing and watching and seeing, but I'm going to go with LeBron because I feel like even if I get at this point in the draft, if I get two to three, a two to three year championship window, I think that's a more than I feel like I'm giving myself with anybody else on this team or anybody else on this list, especially with the other guys that have gone already. So I'm going to try to Get take the brawn here and see if I can come back and make the the strongest immediate team possible with the, with that guy, but I think it's about time that the brawn went. Yeah, I mean, I think that is the safest bet still. On the, I mean, yeah, uh, even above everybody else above him, I still think if 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 we were doing this exercise and one of us, whoever won the most championships after ten years, mm-hmm. got a million dollars. I'd still probably take LeBron number one because I, I think I'm going to get, get one two. Yeah. I would get two right off the bat. Yeah. And then, you know, more than likely, or at least be in the running for him. And then I just have to, I have to get one more than you. Right. The rest or, of the or way. One, only one less than you actually. Yeah. The rest of the way for, for uh, me to win that million dollars. So I think it's, you know, yeah, it's, he, he's the king. It's just, it's, it's almost, I think the other thing that hurts LeBron in exercises like this or just an MVP talk and stuff mm-hmm. in general is like people we're, we we take him for granted because he's been around Always. so long and been yep. so good. So um, I think it's just it's almost gets boring to 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 pick him, to yep. talk about him um, just because it, what more can be said about about the guy. He's, well, it's also like you, you said with Embiid and the, his games played It's like LeBron doesn't have to be his best during the regular season to know that he's going to put himself in a, in a position to win a championship. So, I mean, we'll see what happens with the Suns now. I mean, if if his ankle is hampered and 
they fell to the seventh spot. Like, I don't know, maybe they took it a little bit too lightly, but it was a health issue with them this year too. So um, I don't know. I think obviously not exactly where you'd want to be as a franchise starting with a 36 year old. But if you get a chance to bring in LeBron and go for it for a few years, I say, let's do it. Yeah. And he's another one of those guys where he can rank poorly, rank up poorly on defense over the whole season. Yeah. But but you know, you're getting it in the last 30 seconds and you need to stop. He's the best defensive player on the court. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, you know, he just turns it on. He's so smart at when to make that extra effort and when to save himself for that big moment. Um, And, you know, I mean, that's, the only other guy that I think has even ever been able to do it as well as LeBron is MJ. And yep. um, so, yeah, I mean, you're, this is goat territory. I, you know, my personal opinion is in the history of the league, it's MJ and LeBron. Yep. And then there's a gap. Those are the only two guys that LeBron in a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have even put LeBron in that conversation, but LeBron's the only, I don't put Kobe in that conversation. I don't put bird. I don't put magic. You know, those guys are all in that next year for mm-hmm. me. There's only two guys in that top tier, and it's it's MJ and LeBron for me. Yeah, so. I agree. I'm totally there, too. But that brings us to the Boston Celtics chat. Oh, yes, I got Boston. Another one of the teams I like a lot. Right. Um, that might change who I pick now. Dang it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Who's a good Boston guy? Somebody white. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not going to be a white guy. <laughs> Come um, on. Ricky Rubio. I'm, I'm going to go. He's not white enough. He's Spanish. That's true. It would have to be like Gordon Hayward, Nicola, bring Butch him back or yeah. somebody. Um, I'm going to go Dame Lillard. Here. All right. All right. Um, I, you know, I just don't like Durant. I keep saying that. Um, and Damian Lillard is one of my favorite players in the league. There's not a lot of point guards that have been taken. Really, the only true point guard is Steph. Mm-hmm. You know, we got other guys that play point guard because they're, you know, James Harden. Um, but I think uh, after Steph, Damian Lillard's the next best point guard in the NBA. In terms of the scoring ability, there's yeah. guys that are like better at passing, but um, Damian Lillard's also proven to be that one A guy. I think he's a guy that can win a championship if he has the right running mate. And I just don't think that Portland's you know got the right guys with him. McCollum's just too similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I think McCollum is the guy that they need to to trade out to get a better complementary player to Lillard. Um, but I think Lillard would be a a huge star in Boston yeah. because he's tough. He plays hard every night. He can take over games. He does all the things that Boston fans like. Yep. Um, so I think he's a, like a, would be an adopted son there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, anybody that argues against Damian Lillard or anything is going to look like a fool because he's going to make you look like a fool. He's got the talent. He's got the drive. He's got the, the want to, to succeed in any way. And, it's, you're right. I mean, it's a shame that Portland hasn't been better. I used to, back from the David Kahn era, used to just hate Portland because of all of the grudge matches those two stupid front offices got into trying to, with the Nick Batum thing or whatever it happened to be with us signing Brandon Roy and hurting their cap line because all of a sudden they needed to start paying him again and he wasn't retired. It was just like, I, I find myself hating any franchise where I feel like we're starting in the same spot and then five years later they're good and we're still bad. You know, so like, Denver, Denver's yeah, like that. Denver's like that right now. It's just, you know, there's just a, a slew of them and it's every five years, it's just a different team. And I'm finally to the point where Port- it's been long enough with Portland that they've come back down for me. Like they've been replaced so I can enjoy Portland. There are other teams now where we were, we were at the same level and they've improved and we haven't. So, um, 
Dame is just, he's a joy. You got to appreciate him during the time that we have him. And I don't feel like we really get the opportunity to do so, both because he's overshadowed a little bit by Steph and what he does, but at the, also because he's on the West Coast. And it makes it tough if you don't want to stay up for those 9 o'clock starts, especially here in the Central Time Zone. Yeah, and Portland's always been one of my favorite teams, dating back to like the Clyde Drexler, Terry mm-hmm. Porter, Cliff Robinson days. Um, so I, if if there's if they're playing on national TV and the Wolves aren't on, I'll watch. I don't watch every nationally televised game just because it's too much basketball. It's yep. too much of a time commitment, too much of me hogging the TV if I'm watching every Wolves game on top of every other uh, NBA game that's on TV. So Portland's one of the few ones that I'll try to tune into just because I've always liked I like that city. Uh, I've always liked that team. I, I like the way the fans support that team. There's, you know, similar market to the Wolves. So it's, um, you know, it's just a fun team to root for. So yeah. I, you know, I, it's easier for me to fall in love with players off the Portland Trailblazers and see past their warts just because of my fondness for that organization in that, that city. Yeah, I hear you. Well, that brings me to the Phoenix Suns. And I was really tempted to change my pick here to just let them have Booker his entire career. But I felt that was a little bit of a reach. So I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be unfair in the picks. And uh, I, I'll get him out of your way, Chad. I'm going with Kevin Durant here to Phoenix. So he's 32, came off an Achilles tear. But uh, I still trust him when he's on the floor to be, except for a very select group of players, the best player on the floor in an NBA game. Um and he's he's Kevin Durant. I mean, I, he was never better than LeBron at his peak. He was probably not the most important player on Golden State during his two championships. But at the same time, he's been consistently one of the top five players in the NBA for a 10-year stretch. And I don't feel like if it hadn't been for that injury, I don't feel like he would have been out of that yet. So I'm going to be him. And to be fair, you know, I honestly, as much as I rag on him, I do still think he's a top five player. Yeah. I was I was gonna I was waiting for you to say one other guy. Where do you rank him for their careers between him and James Harden? For their careers, I would give, I, I would give Harden, Durant the career just because of the first five years of it. Okay, I take Harden as my guy right above Kevin Durant in okay. my pecking order of NBA top players over the last 10, 15 years. Yeah, um, it just because his durability is a big factor. Um, he's carried teams on his back largely by himself mm-hmm. when Kevin Durant's never done that at any point in his career. He's always had two, at least two guys, yep. usually more than that, um, running alongside him. So, like, you know, put Kevin Durant in Carl Anthony Towns' shoes and, and how good of a player is Kevin Durant in Minnesota with the running mates he would have had here. Right. You know, keep everything else the same. Yep. I, I don't know that Durant's better than Towns, um, but I, that's one of those questions you won't know. All we have to judge it on is what he's done, which elevates him obviously above Towns and puts him at top five player. So that's kind of where, um, where I see him. So I, you know, a, clearly a good pick here. Obviously, even if you take their careers, I think he's a better player than Damian Lillard, who I love infinitely yeah, more. Yeah. Um, but he's, uh, yeah, I mean, you're getting him with the 14th pick. It's clearly a yeah, it's a steal at this point. Steal. I mean, yeah. It it isn't because the guys taken ahead of them are clearly worthy of their spots. But uh, but if, if you're the Suns and you're walking away with Kevin Durant and you feel like, all right, we get to come back around in the middle of the second round and try to put a good player next to him, we, we feel pretty good about our spot. Mm-hmm. So 
Let's see, we're at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Ah, rounding out the first half of the first round are the Detroit Pistons, Chad. Interesting, Detroit. Keep waiting for the Minnesota one. Mm, that comes next. Ah, uh, you missed out you on got, it. You got one. You got one, uh, one of the better teams now. All right, so Detroit Pistons. I actually, so the guy you just mentioned that you thought about giving to the Suns, mm-hmm. I'm going to take Devin Booker here because I All actually right. don't think it's a reach here. I think what Devin Booker did last year in the bubble, it showed me a lot of what kind of player he could be. It showed me he could be a number one guy on a really, really good team. I think this year, you know, he people expected that to continue, but I think what he's done is actually equally as impressive, which is he's sacrificed his personal game a little bit by having, when they added Chris Paul, who's obviously a more um, offensive-minded player than Ricky Rubio was last year. Yep. Um, his running mate back there, so... I I give him credit for that. I don't think he should be penalized for, you know, sort of sacrificing his individual um, game to better the team. And clearly, they're a much better team than they were last year. Yeah, I he's he's definitely in the next next tier. He's twenty four years old, so you're going to get a, a good career out of him. And he's been awesome. He's definitely picked it up at the end of last year, like you said. And he this whole year he's been. It's, it always helps when you have the right guys around you, like we've been saying this whole time. But he's proven that if the right guys are around him, he can be an all-NBA level player. So um, maybe, you know, maybe Paul leaves at the end of the year as a free agent and Booker goes back to just being considered a, right in the same vein as, as Kat and D'Lo are for the, the, the stage of their career. But um, but I don't think so. I think he's just going to have a, a pretty good run. So. Uh, worst case scenario I see out of him is actually the guy that I'm going to take for Minnesota next here at pick number 16 with Bradley Beal. So Beal's three years older than Booker. I think at this point, I would say he might be, I don't know, I might say he's 5% better than Devin Booker at this point. Not saying that Booker won't be better than him by the time he's 27 because he's right in smack dab in the middle of the prime of his career. Um, so I might have gone Booker as well with the previous pick, but I think Bradley Beal has just been another guy in just a crap situation his entire career. He hasn't had anything around him. The best players he's played with are both John Wall and Russell Westbrook, who haven't been able to... It's He's just been on a poorly run team with teammates that don't make him the best version of himself, and he's carried it to playoff runs year after year. So I'd love to see him get a chance to have the right team built around him with actually some defense on it the ability to have a guy that he can synergize with and um, I think he's better than he gets credit for so if I'm not gonna if I'm gonna say that Booker is is good now because of the the teammates around him I'm gonna say that Beal has a chance to be even better than than what we have seen so far yeah and I don't disagree I mean I think they're obviously very comparable players it's kind of like my argument when I took um Lillard yeah comparing him to Steph Curry he's a uh you know a a slightly poor man version of Steph Curry, um, but very comparable in terms of what they bring to the, the their teams. Um, Steph is just a historical version of that. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Booker and Beal, very comparable. Um, I, and I agree, like right now they're, they're pretty even to me mm-hmm. um, as players, you know, and I think obviously Booker being so much younger, his best years are yet to come, whereas Beal's starting to hit that, that back side of his career. So, I think, you know, we've seen the best of Bradley Beal, um, which is why I took Booker one one pick ahead of him. But yep. he was certainly in that mix, that same sort of tier for me as well. Can't argue with it. 
So we're at 16. I kind of skipped over our recap. Uh, the last six picks have been Cat, LeBron, Damian Lillard, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal. So we're now uh, heading into the second half of this first round. Uh, Chad, you get the Miami Heat. Who is Pat Miami. Riley going to make his next uh, next project? So, so there's two guys that the Heat currently actually have that yeah. are in this tier for me. Um, which is, you know, Bam and Jimmy, but I'm actually going to take a third guy here and I'm actually going to go Rudy Gobert here. Okay. I think fits Pat Riley to a T. You, not only is he defense, he's the best defensive player in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and he's a, an anchor for this team. Now, he's not your 1A for sure. I, you know, out of all the guys we've gone through, this is the for me the most clear-cut non-1A player because he is so defense first unless you're john hollinger then you think he is a 1a well i, I was gonna make I, I i didn't know hollinger yeah thought that but i was gonna make the case that he is your 1a if you're a detroit piston ben wallace kind of guy yeah. um, i think he's a better version of ben wallace but if that's your team style mm-hmm. and you're you hit the, the league in one of those years where you know you can just out tough somebody um to a ring you know he certainly could be the best player on a team that does that. Um, it, it really just will depend on who you surround him with. Um, it does but, give you a lot of options in round two to take a look at a player who is defensively deficient, but is going to lift, be able to lift up your offense and isn't thought of as a all-around player. But since you have Rudy Gobert, just like the current Jazz don't have a lot of strong defenders around him, he's going to make your defense good all on his own. So, yep, yep. Uh, no, I get it. I, I had him in... I had them in what I called at their peak tier three, if that makes any sense to anybody but me, because it doesn't, because I never told you there was a tier one or a tier two. So um, so that is pick number 17. We're going to the Denver Nuggets next. I've got a few guys who are up around 30. I've got a few guys who are down in their early 20s. Uh, you went with the probably the defensive player of the year. I'm going to go with the guy who's probably going to come in uh, runner-up defensive player of the year. I'm going Ben Simmons here uh, for the Denver Nuggets. I think that I know that he doesn't have a jump shot, but just like we talked about with Zion, I think he knows who he is. He knows what he's good at. He knows what to not push. Maybe he, maybe it comes someday, but I think if you built the right team around him and it wasn't another guy who had to be stationed in the low post all the time, I think that could be one heck of a team. And uh, Simmons at 24 years old, getting to be the most versatile defender in the league to play any type of defense, any uh position out on the floor i'm gonna roll with it and he might be my point guard he might be my center by the time i'm done with this but uh i like it i think i'm gonna go with him and he's right in there with the the booker and the cats uh of that you know that age range um i'd say that you could flip-flop all three of them and not be 100 percent certain which one of the three is the best to build a team around so uh, if cat went up at 11 and booker went three picks ago and i'm getting simmons here i think that's uh kind of a good range for them so i'm gonna go with ben simmons and I, you know, personally love Ben Simmons as a player. So, I, and oddly enough, I also would, if I was running the Sixers and had to trade one of those two stars, Embiid would be the guy I would trade before Simmons. And that's ironic since I picked him at mm-hmm. the fifth pick, um, you know, 13 picks before you get to pick Simmons. So I uh, can't argue with it at all. And, and uh, actually, frankly, I probably would have taken him over Booker, but I kind of based on him <laughs> to be honest, yeah, I like the player better than than Booker everything's um, coming up Derek <laughs> I don't know everything you still you still had to take Durant it's true 
I got to take Durant. Settle down there. Tomato, tomato. Yeah, it's true. All right. Now, it's funny because I look at this list and and we're going in, like I said, in the order of market size. And this, to me, is kind of the split between where we start venturing into small market teams. Like, I know everybody talks about Minnesota as a small market team, but being from Minnesota, we know that's not true. It's just that we have five professional sports teams and we can't give all of our attention to bad professional sports teams when there's so much to compete with them. Um, but going from the Nuggets to the next team here is going to be the Orlando Magic. And I would say that that, for me, looking at the rest of this list, and we'll get to it when we get there, but that's definitely where kind of small market starts to kick in for me. But um, but you got some good players left, and the, the Magic are going to get their, their best player since peak Dwight Howard. So who are we going with? <laughs> Actually, they're going to get their best player since Nikola Vucevic. <laughs> I'm going to take Nikola Vucevic. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> he he was right in this range and it just I didn't realize I was gonna have uh <laughs> Orlando here, so um it just it's too sweet to not take him. I mean and I legitimately have him in this in this tier. Um I like him better than most of the guys are left or if not all of them in terms of just what he provides. Okay. I, again, big man, you know, I said at the beginning of this episode that I love the fact the NBA is valuing big men again. I think that's what separates the NBA from the other professional sports is that you get these seven foot bigger than life mm-hmm. superstars. And the last couple of years they were going away from that. And they're, you know, these Houston teams, they're playing a six foot five guy at center which kind of drove me nuts. And um, I said at the beginning, when we first started our, this podcast that, you know, for the wolves, I, I kind of, the one, the only little thing that made me think maybe not draft an ant was, what if you could? What if Wiseman really was the next Rudy Gobert or somebody like that, and you could pair him with Cat and just go big? Yeah. Because that was the quickest way to a turnaround. I felt for the, the Wolves, and I still feel that way. I just didn't buy that Wiseman was that guy um, enough so that I would pass on Ant, who I was extremely high on. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nikola Vucevic is one of those. He's a top five center, um, and you know, there's once you get through a couple, there's there's one or two more guys that I think are in that tier. And once they're gone, it's, it's a big drop off to the next level of centers. Yeah. Um, and so have to take them when you can get them because it's a lot harder to build a team, build around a team when you don't have a good big man. Um, and you can't have one of those top five players in the league mm-hmm. to build around. I feel like I needed to have like a, a sound effect button like the radio guys do for that one, just to pull out Bill Simmons is like, Whoa, <laughs> Whenever he's doing his draft, not that it's a bad pick, but Vucevic is the first player that's gone that you've taken so far that was, I did not have a first round grade on. So uh, I, yeah, I was definitely looking at him as a strong coming back around in the second round type guy, but I don't know if I would have, I don't know if I had him in the, in my list of franchise starters. And he's, he's not a sexy pick, right? No, no, but he's, no. but I mean, I, I, I'm sure there's going to be several guys on the list the rest of the way down that I can make strong arguments that will never be as good as Vucevic, but yep. you're only taking them because you're hoping they will be. Yeah. And, you know, so it's kind of like the LeBron thing at 36, not that Vucevic is anything like LeBron, but he's a known commodity and he's what, 30. Mm-hmm. So you know what you're going to get out of him. He's a, you know, a terrific player. I mean, he's not even the best player on his team and the, and the best player on his team is still available. Yeah. Uh, but, in terms of like, if you were to build around the team, if you had to start with Levine or Vucevic, I think the team with the Vucevic is going to beat the team with Levine. 
you know, yeah. if you get top which is, players around them. Which is why I don't have a first round grade on Levine either. So yeah, yeah. and I don't yeah. either. So. <laughs> so, all right, Nikola Vucevic coming in at pick nineteen, rounding out the second third of the first round are the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I brought a doggy bag with me just in case I ended up having to make this pick. But the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to start with Jimmy Butler. Yeah. I know. I hate it. I just feel dirty. Well, Cleveland's I'm going to swallow all of my hate for 30 seconds and give you my quick rundown and just agree with everybody that says he makes winning plays. I know he doesn't take a shot outside of 10 feet and it somehow doesn't matter. He's the only player in the league that I just absolutely refuses to take three pointers and for some reason can still get into the into the lane. I, I feel like there was an article written about Dwayne Wade before about like how much uh gravity he had towards defenders even though he never took three pointers. And I feel like Jimmy's for some reason has that same thing. People still rush at him. They go flying by and he they know he's not gonna take the shot. I don't get it. But you watch a game, he's in the right spot, he's gonna make four or five winning plays every single game. He's just a a great AA hole and if you can put guys on his team that think the same way that he does, he'll he'll work out well. I mean, to be fair, you probably could have said the same thing about Kevin Garnett if he hadn't, if he had been less loyal, if he had quit on the Timberwolves after a few years and then quit on his second team and then gotten to Boston to win a championship, people would have looked at Kevin Garnett a lot way the same way to look at Jimmy Butler and yeah, Butler's I, not I at mean, the same level and he's not nearly yeah, yeah. the same. Group. He's not. He's not. Yeah. The, he's not as good as Garnett. No. And he's a bigger prick because Garnett was loyal to a fault. Yep. Jimmy's not loyal to his own mom. Right. <laughs> like he's just, you know, they couldn't be from that standpoint. I mean, I, they are uh, and they're, you know, I mean, is KG even really a bad teammate? I think he had issues with Wally, um, but just about everybody else. Well, I mean, about- it's, KG could only serve, or succeed or work with players who thought the same way that KG did. And I think that was the, the the that's how I'm relating the two. Like Jimmy want needs to be on a team with guys who are going to do what Jimmy does and like follow yeah. him. Yeah, I think the one difference there is that not only does Jimmy have to have players that think like Jimmy, mm-hmm. they also have to think Jimmy is the best player on yes. the court. Yes. Like Garnett didn't care about that. No. Never. As long as you were gonna play hard and like Garnett, mm-hmm. play play to win like KG did, KG was you were great. Like, yep. you know, he didn't expect. You no, I mean, think- there's two sides of it. There's the Michael Jordan, Kevin Garnett side of it. And then there's the Jimmy Butler side of it. Yeah. And uh, Butler isn't the same as those other two. I'm not saying he is. It's just at this point, I he's 31. So I'm reaching a little bit with his age. I don't know how many more years Jimmy has left in him because he does play so friggin' hard. But, but you're talking, you have to go all the way up to pick. 14 where you've got Durant yeah in terms of a guy that affects winning more than than Jimmy Butler does yeah yeah so we're at pick 20 here and I'm 20 picks away from putting another guy on his team and I feel like there's gonna be somebody pretty good there so it's not gonna be Bam it's you know but it's gonna be somebody hopefully that can affect winning and we'll see how it comes around but I'm gonna pretend that didn't happen we're gonna move on to pick number 21 it's the Sacramento Kings um well I was thinking I was going to take Bam here, but I actually think I'm going to go for a little bit more swing for the fences on this one. I'm going to take DeMontis Sabonis. Okay. 
Um, again, I think he's got higher upside than Bucevic. Um, he's shown flashes of being better now already, but um, I think Bucevic has been more consistent, which is why I had a slightly higher grade for him. But um, if I'm starting with the team and not expecting necessarily to win in year one, because I'm not with Sabonis as my top player, yep. um, I feel pretty good about building around him, however. That's not bad. Sabonis is, I mean, he's probably with Bam coming up. If you want to put him in that same tier, the end, of, yeah, the end of the tier of centers that would be considered draftable in this first round. This was, yep. you know, we it's had. A bon- I feel like for me, Bam is sort of the finished product in my yeah. mind. Like I, I don't think even he'll though he's younger he's, somehow. Yeah, he is younger, but it's weird. But he's had more opportunity. I yeah. think that's the difference. And for me, Bam will, won't be Gobert, which is what his comp would be. He's he's that second tier player to, mm-hmm. to Gobert. Whereas Sabonis, I I do feel like he could reach Jokic like ability. Yeah. Um, just because of his overall smarts and the, you know and, and how he does multiple things well. Um, you know, I, I mean, I'm not betting that he'll be as good as Jokic, but I feel like he has a better chance to become the next Jokic better chance than Bam has of becoming the next Gobert, if that sure. makes any sense. Yeah. No, I hear that. I mean, whenever Bam goes, if he goes in this first round, which I assume he will with nine more picks left, uh, I mean, that'll be eight centers taken, nine if you include Anthony Davis. And that's, A lot of them uh, are taken by me, though. Right, yes, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> a strong center run just by you. Um, lots of well, you're big. Right, lots of wings going over here to the Derek Harper teams, but... uh. Um, but yeah, no, it's a it's a lot of a lot of bigs, um, and I think with with that said, I'm I think there's a lot of contenders here, but I'm gonna go with Bam with this next pick. I'm gonna close out the center run. Uh, he's gonna go to the Portland Trail Blazers. Uh, if if nothing else, I know that I've got that spot in the middle taken care of, and I can lock it down and then work in some some offense and ball movement around him. And I think he can he can he's flexible enough to really play with anybody. I think which. He may not be a one A player. I think we're out of that range now, um, but I think he's he's going to enhance anybody else I put on my team. So I like that about him. He's twenty three years old. I think, like we were saying, it might be a little bit of a finished product, but at the same time, he's really only exploded this, these last two years, which is kind of a year and a half uh, with with all the COVID stuff. So um, hopefully, there's still another step in there, uh, and he can take a leap i don't know if it's going to be on shooting or anything like that but he's already a good ball mover he's always already a good defender if, if not a, a little undersized for being the gobert type he's not he's not in bead size he's not gobert's size which i think is just really the big difference between those guys and the rest of this group i mean carl's never going to be the same type of defender no matter how much effort he puts into it because he's not he's not seven three you know you, can, you just can't right. do it so um bam has the agility though to be a different type of defender than those guys to be more switchable and whatnot so he'll be less of an anchor more of a more of a guider. So yeah, he, he's interesting in the sense that he's got some qualities of Rudy Gobert and he's got some qualities of Draymond green mm-hmm. where he, you know, which, you know, like I think Draymond green's incredibly underrated as a player, yep. partly because he's another kind of a prickish right. personality, but I got it. Like it's so rare to find a guy that's just a glue guy like that. And bam's like that. Yes. You know, um, you could literally put bam on any team in the NBA today and, and make that team better. Yep. Exactly. And yep. there's not 
you can't say that about most of the guys on this list. Yep. You know, I, at least from you know a certain five spot or six down. down. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, like I said, I uh, Bam was right there. I was, I thought I was going to take Bam the last pick, and then I just mm-hmm. changed it up because bonus up. was right there for me. Yep. All right, so. We move on. We're going back to the East Coast from the West Coast to the Charlotte Hornets. Mike, who's Michael Jordan taking? I don't know. I hate that team. I hate their logo. I hate <laughs> it. Just seems like a like a, a team logo and name that you would see in a movie, not like in the actual <laughs> in the actual league. If they just um, go anyway. back to the if they just go back to the pinstripes from the mid nineties, I think... well the jerseys were fine. It's I just don't like that big hornet. It's just. I don't know. Not of... even the jerseys anymore. Like they've gone to like a paler color. Like they're not even. I don't know. Maybe it's just the way the mellow ball wears it. I just hate it. <laughs> um. Well, I think I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna take Jalen Brown. Okay. Um. I again, kind of what I've said about several of my other picks. If I if they weren't big men, they're super versatile. They can play multiple positions. You know, it's kind of what I value over everything else. I only t- I've only really taken one guy outside of centers that can play one position and that's Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. Everybody else are guys that can play three positions. Um, and Jalen Brown fits that. I think he can play shooting guard, small forward and power forward equally well. And um, he's, he is a two way player. He's still really young. Uh, I still think he's getting better. Um, he also has that like win at all costs sort of mentality. I feel like um, where he's just a, a you know, more competitive than some of these other guys that are left on the list who are really talented, um, but maybe lack that competitiveness that Jalen Brown has. It's a good pick. I mean, he's a, he's a good defender and you're not going to get a lot of guys at his age that are strong defenders. Um, so it's hard to pass up at that point. So I, I, I feel it. I see it. He wasn't that high for me, but um, once again, we're, we're amateurs and we're doing this by gut feel and we don't watch the league the same way that, the experts do so um who am i to tell you you're wrong chad except that you're wrong but (laughs) uh i feel like i have like seven point guards in a row here and i don't which makes me like not want to draft a point guard because there are so many good point guards like that's just the way the league is right now where you could wait to the second round and still get a point guard that you trust it's just a matter of well and that's kind of my feeling about point guards as well it's like Unless you get an elite one, mm-hmm. you're you're just taking them because the league has changed the rules to make it more advantageous to play that position. Right. Right. It's kind of like when football changes the rules so that corners can't use their hands. Well, now receivers are more effective than running backs because, you know, they're not getting jammed at the line of scrimmage. That's what's happening with point guards now. They're just the rules have changed and allowed them to just kind of dominate the yeah the flow of the game and and i don't think that necessarily makes them better basketball players i just think that makes it easier for them to play the the game under the constructs that we have so that's why i passed on a lot of the point guards to be honest with you yeah but i think that's kind of where it's left us uh coming down to the end of this first round i know there are there are quality young players left but um i'm i'm okay all right we're gonna go we're gonna go point guard we're gonna go point guard and I maybe it's recency bias, maybe it's age, maybe it's uh just the the joy of watching him play with the style that he has, but I'm gonna go with John Morant. That's a good pick. Uh, he's gonna go to the Indiana Pacers here. Uh 
nearing the end of the first round here, and I don't know um, if the if the Grizzlies mojo carries over if he goes to Indiana. But Indiana is another team that's constantly good. They never tank. And they play good defense, and um, he's proven at this point to be able to be the best player on a on a playoff team that's that's feisty and giving the the, the Jazz a run for their money. He scored forty seven the other night. He's one of the youngest to ever do that in a playoff game. And uh, it's, he's doing it without a consistent outside shot outside shot so far. So it's very much young Derek Rose-ish at this point in his career, um, hopefully without the knee injuries. Yeah, I like it. I mean, he's he, he's definitely one because he's also got a lot more upside. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's – John Morant's more likely to become than another, you know, Lillard or staff where you're building around him. Whereas yeah. these other six or seven point guards that you have in your list, I suspect – aren't necessarily guys that you're building your team around. They're just, they might be the best player currently on their teams in some cases, yep. but they're not like you're the guy you're like, Oh, this is the, the, the guy I'm going to build my franchise around. It's just, they just happen to be the best player today uh-huh. at their age and that kind of thing. Whereas John Morant, I think can carry a franchise. A lot of these other point guards I think are interchangeable. And I do think there's a, a step between him and, and the other guys that are available either because he's so much younger or because he's so much better. Yep. All right, so that brings us to to Utah, the team that John Morant is currently playing in, against in the playoffs. The Utah Jazz are up on the clock. Man, I hate to do it again, but I think I'm going to take Donovan Mitchell here just because, yeah. um, you know, it fell in the right spot, and it's hard to find. It's going to be hard to find shooting yards here shortly because yeah. there's, there's only a handful that are elite, and then all of a sudden – I think there's a gap where some of them don't even belong in the next round either. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't want to be stuck without one of those. Um, so again, kind of to what your, yep. your point on the last pick was that there's plenty of point guards left to take. Yep. Uh, I've already taken all the centers. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to take the, one of the last remaining elite shooting guard players and uh, keep them, keep them in Utah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like the, the way the draft has fallen has changed in some of my picks here because it's uh knowing that we're coming around into a second round and what it the, did for me as well. I actually yeah. had Mitchell down a little further, but I do like him better than just about everybody else on the list. And... Yeah, I mean, I had Mitchell right here. This is was right okay. in the spot that I would have taken him. Um, so I think that was a a really strong pick. Uh, he's can hold he can hold up an offense. He can be the one A player at least on a, on an offensive team and. It, wings and big men are going to be hard to come by here pretty soon. So uh, not not role guys, not solid players, but uh, star wings are just really, uh, really tight, especially with the way this is rolling. So, oh boy, it's going to be, uh, you know what? I'm going to take one of your favorite players and I'm going to put them on one of your favorite teams. And I'm going to, for the San Antonio Spurs, damn you, take Anthony Edwards. And oh, I thought you were being sarcastic about the player. No, I'm, and the team actually. I thought I thought I know you, you well, team, Chad. I then when you took the team, I'm like, oh, you're going to take a guy I hate, <laughs> and you're going to. I'm usually sarcastic. Me. Sarcastic is my yeah, primary yeah. language, but uh, but no, I'm going to with the conversation we just had about. Uh, potential star wings i think that he's going to prove uh in very high demand here very very soon um and there are 
there are better players than Anthony Edwards left on the board. I am not saying that by any means, by any means possible. Um, and even on but my list, be in a year, will any of those guys still be as good as Edwards right. in a year? Right. And I think it's safe to say, I mean, we just talked about Donovan Mitchell. Edwards is all was approaching Donovan Mitchell numbers since the all-star break. Yeah. This, I, mean, I mean, as a 19 year old, he did it for 30 games as a 19 year old, which is more games as a 19 year old than anybody would have expected. It would, we're all hoping that he comes back next year and improves in his weaknesses and doesn't get worse in his strengths. So you, you never know from year one to year two. We've seen a lot of Timberwolves players not improve from year one to year two. So uh, I'm not never going to felt as bullish no. about a rookie as I do about Edwards. And that includes Carl Anthony Towns yep. and Kevin Garnett um, only because Garnett was a completely different spot as a rookie. Um, but I didn't, and part of it for Edwards is his personality, yep. clearly. And so, because we're homers and we're Minnesota fans, we have the benefit of that. Like, nobody else nationally would take him this high, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But um, you see that, and you're like, I, I don't, I can't imagine a world where he gets worse next year. Yep. Because I don't think it's in him. I think he's a lot more competitive than people thought he was coming in when they said, oh, he doesn't even like basketball he likes football and all that kind of garbage that we were hearing um i you know he's got a smile you know brit robson wrote that article several months ago and i loved it where he talked about him being a samurai assassin in sheep's clothing because or he's actually said that about jane mcdaniel or yeah jane mcdaniel is not edwards so but i think (laughs) edwards his personality is like this fun Mm -hmm. smiling guy but you see him on the court and he's taking it to the best player on the other team. Like he's dunking in their face. He's, you know, he wants that moment. He's going one-on-one with the top player and he's trying to make them recognize who he is. Like he's trying to make that statement with them. And that's different than what we've seen here out of any rookie. You know, Wiggins wasn't like that. Ryder wasn't like that. All, all these other guys that kind of wowed us in the rookie years didn't, it didn't feel like it feels like right now with Edwards. No, I agree. Um, so, I yeah, think he's a star. You're going with McDaniel's next, right? God, don't tempt me. <laughs> well, it is the Milwaukee Bucks. They lost Giannis, so why not get a Giannis Jr. and and Jaden McDaniel's? Whew, Milwaukee Bucks. We only have four picks left in the first round, Chad. I know, and this is the guy I thought you were going to take when I when I thought you were being sarcastic, and I and I do hate this guy, but I mean, crazy, we're at the 27th pick. I'm going to take Kyrie Irving. Yeah, he was my competitor for the previous pick. I, I almost went with him, and I probably should have. It's hard to, to walk away from Kyrie. It's just it's too easy, sure. it's too easy for Kyrie to walk away from his team. So. <laughs> and from himself. Yeah. You probably were thinking in the back of your mind, oh, he'll still be there in the next I, pick. I absolutely so, was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm drafting yeah. with Chad here. There's no way he's taking Kyrie. Yeah. There's not much I could say about him to like really sell this because I – Kind of disappointed myself for even taking him because I, I dislike him that much. Um, I hate his game. I think he's a terrifically talented player. Yep. But I don't anything about the way he plays. I, I think he's a selfish player. I don't think he's necessarily a winning player. Um, I don't like his. I think his personality is just annoying. And he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room when he's really just this dope that, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, there's not, I, I don't want to just bag on him the whole time there's not much i like about other than talent wise yeah. it's very 
are you? I mean, there's not too many guys on this entire list that's as talented as him. And that's what makes him so frustrating, I think, is because he does have all this talent, but he's just such, you know, an enigma. Yeah. That I mean, if you're trying to put together a championship team, you got to take some risks at this point. And uh, either that's going with a 19-year-old who's had half a season of good basketball or going with a 29-year-old who is a head case. So um, we're we're getting out on some, some branches here, no matter what direction you go in. But I I can't argue with it. I, I had him very high on my list. If I hadn't been looking at the list of point guards still available, I might have taken him uh, a few picks earlier. So... Um, I like it. I don't have any problem with it. We have three picks left to close out this first round. We're going to go with Oklahoma City Thunder. It, I'm up. And with that, we're we're going to stick with another veteran, uh, a guy who unfortunately has been disappointing in the playoffs. So I don't know. I don't know if he can ever be a one A, but we're going to go with a playoff P. We're going to go with uh, Paul George here. He's 31. He's a couple of years removed from his best seasons, and he's proven to not exactly be the the sidekick that Kawhi Leonard needs. But uh, if he's once again relied on to be the best player on a team, and he can kind of uh, be around some other strong personalities, maybe it's less of a we never play together during the regular season. We're just getting ramped up for the playoffs, and more of a, a locked in commit every every night type of, type of season. So um, I think the talent's there. Uh, obviously, he's been an all all NBA player, and um, I'm going to go with it and see what he can bring back to Oklahoma City after a, a couple of fun seasons there. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you're uh, not doing him any favors because mm-hmm. I don't think he really liked it there. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what this is all about. Nope. So I he, you know, I, I actually debated between him and Jalen Brown when I took Brown because I kind of had them in sort of similar roles. I just Jalen Brown, I think, has a higher ceiling clearly at this point. Um, and I think like we talked earlier with the recency bias of the way that he's played in the playoffs yeah. this year um, has made me sour on him a little bit. He kind of, right now, I kind of feel like about him, like I did about Carmelo when Carmelo started to fade fast. Um, you know, and now Carmelo's kind of come back and become a, a little bit player. I mean, but he wouldn't but, be considered in this draft. No, 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 not even close. And, uh, and I don't think George is to that level yet either. I, I'm saying George right now feels like Carmelo did. When Carmelo was still, you know, looked at as being a top piece, like when he started getting moved around to Oklahoma City and to Houston and stuff. And that's kind of where I think Paul George is mm-hmm. quickly sliding. Um, so I do think we could see him in a, you know, when his contract runs out here, not on a team and trying to get on a team again, trying to rebuild his reputation because I, you know, so, something's gone. Yeah, I, there's no guarantee that after this the next four years of his contract that he's still going to be anywhere near the player that he is today. So I don't, I don't know if I see him as one of the guys like LeBron who's going to make it to 35 and still be just as strong as he was. So no, it's, no. it's a risk against time here, but I pick number 28, uh, got to risk something. Yep. Yeah. I hear that. So coming around to pick number 29 of the first round, the Memphis Grizzlies are on the clock. Dang it. I feel like Memphis needs to have a hard nose, gritty player. Lamelo. So I was going to take Lamelo, but now that I got Memphis, <laughs> Lamelo doesn't fit that at all. So I'm going to take another guy that might surprise you. Okay. I'm going to take Russell Westbrook. Um, as you know, I'm not a huge fan of 
the way he plays just because I feel like some of his stats are a little hollow. Although, you know, every time I see a quote by that guy, I love it. Mm-hmm. So I think Memphis, well, they would, yeah. with this guy, um, and he's a triple double. It's like, how do you, how do you, how do you not have a guy that averages a triple double? Yeah. Not going to 30. And I don't think you're taking him with your next pick. So I think he has to go here because I think it would be sort of a ripoff to him if he wasn't in the top 30 somewhere. No, it was, uh, I mean, if I'm going to risk Paul George, you can risk uh, Russell Westbrook and be just as safe with it. I mean, he's 32. He's only a year older than George and he, he may play a physical style that we don't know if it'll hold up or not, but at the same time he hasn't broken down yet. So who's more mentally tough than that guy? I yeah. mean, I mean you know, you're, so. you're getting an eighth seed no matter what. So we'll see uh, we'll see what the rest of the roster looks like around him and if he can put together enough uh, hard-nosed defenders and rebounders and guys to spot up for him. But And that's the nice thing about him when you got a guy that's a triple-double. Yep. You know, you, you don't necessarily have to have a, a center who's a good rebounder. You can take, you know, making it up. A Brooke Lopez, yeah. you're not going to take him in the second round. But take him who can block shots for you and shoot from the outside would fit well with a Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Um, so just make it something up off the top of my head. But the, you have that benefit when you have a guy that averages a triple-double, and there's, he's such a unique player in, in that sense. Um, and he, I, you know, I do think he's a, a big competitor. I don't think – while I say he has some hollow numbers, I don't think it's because he's necessarily a, uh, a guy that only cares about stats. I think it's – in his mind, he's trying to do he, – he doesn't trust his teammates. I think that Russell Westbrook is the guy who always feels like it's him against the world. He's got this chip on his shoulder through his entire life. And so I feel like that's why he averages a triple-double is because he, in his mind, has to do everything because he's the only guy on the team that can. And it doesn't matter who's on the team with him. He's, in his mind, the guy that has to go and do everything um, other than play defense. Yeah. All right, so we are down to the final pick of the first round. And luckily for me, I know that I get to make this pick and we'll have the uh, the next pick, or the first pick of the second round as we do a snake draft here uh, with this team. But um, So that gives me a little bit more freedom to, to get a little bit more cavalier because I just need to find the right pairing. It doesn't really matter what order they go in. But since we're going to pause the uh, the podcast at the end of a, at the end of this first round here everybody else is gonna have to be a little on a little bit of a cliffhanger trying to figure out who's coming with the first pick of the second round but i'm going to close it out and i'm going to take uh the center that i feel like has the best chance to move up into that top tier with uh deandre ayton and maybe once again that's recency bias with the way he's played against la in the playoffs so far but um clint capella might be better right now but i think that Aiden i don't think he is I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I actually, I mean, Capella's, I mean, I don't want to short sell Capella because he's been no, he's great good. for Atlanta, but Aiton has been really strong. He's 22 years old and he's going to need the right player around him. He's going to need an offensive fulcrum on his team, but so is Capella. Yeah. I, so. I actually think Aiton's probably a little bit better offensively than Capella. Capella's, you know, he's kind of like, he has to feed off of a good point guard yeah. to get him. Yep. He passes and stuff. Whereas Aiden's I, I got more moves. He can do. He's Aiden yeah. can score in the post yeah. with he has. You know, so I, he he can actually post guys up and, and score that way, where he's not just dunking off of alley oops and and that kind of thing. So I, I think he is a little bit 
better than Capella is right now. There we go. We have reached the end of the first round of redrafting the NBA. What's the team? Oh, sorry. That was the New Orleans Pelicans. So they they lose Zion, but they they pick up DeAndre Ayton, another number one overall pick. So it's uh, out of all the teams on here, I feel like it's it's a bummer for them, but they can talk themselves into it. So uh, that's that's a recap. We started at the top, largest market, ended at the bottom with the smallest market. We're going with the New York Knicks, taking Giannis Antetokounmpo. The Nets took Luka Doncic. The Lakers took Nikola Jokic. The Clippers came in at number four with Zion Williamson. The Chicago Bulls had Joel Embiid. The Raptors, Anthony Davis. The Philadelphia 76ers end up with Jason Tatum. Stays in the uh, Atlantic Conference, or the Atlantic Division. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks got Stephen Curry. He moves uh, south there. The Wizards end up with James Harden. The Rockets, Kawhi Leonard. The Warriors, Carl Anthony Towns. The Hawks get LeBron at number 12. Uh, the Celtics, Damian Lillard. The Suns, Kevin Durant. The Pistons go with Devin Booker. And the Timberwolves, our favorite Timberwolves, they get Bradley Beal at pick number 16. The Miami Heat get Rudy Gobert. The Nuggets get Ben Simmons. The Magic get Nikola Vucevic. The Cavs get Jimmy Butler. The Kings take DeMontis Sabonis. The Blazers take Bam Adebayo. The Hornets, Jalen Brown. The Pacers, Ja Morant. The Jazz, Donovan Mitchell. The Spurs take everybody's favorite rookie of the year, Anthony Edwards. The Bucks take Kyrie Irving. The Thunder take Paul George. The Grizzlies take Russell Westbrook. And we close out the first round in New Orleans with DeAndre Ayton. So it was uh, quite an eclectic group, a big mix of uh, attributes that we looked at, whether it was age or talent or potential or whatever it happened to look to be, Chad. But uh, I think it was uh, a fun exercise. and. I'm really interested to see what type of players you try to pair up with these guys coming back around in round two. Yeah, I think this is nice to kind of get a feel for how we evaluate players, what we evaluate in terms of um, skill sets, what's more important uh, to, you know, in, in, in a team. Because as we evaluate Wolves players and stuff, we kind of – now I can kind of see, oh, okay, well, Derek likes this type of player, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's the viewpoint he's coming from. Um, so I think it's helpful from that standpoint. Well, I think even at the same time, I mean, we, we we took a look at the plethora of point guards. We took a look at the the dearth of big men and how wings are going to get get thin as we go through this. And it's like a, a week ago, you could have asked me my thoughts on DeAndre Ayton. And I said, why would I have thoughts on DeAndre Ayton? Like, I don't I don't feel like he's important enough in the NBA for me to really have a strong opinion on. But if you look at the landscape of the league and where it's going, where it's been, and how necessary it is to have a defensive anchor or a strong role man or a a big man who can really move your team forward. He's even if he's not, you wouldn't consider him one of the 30 best players in the NBA. He might be one of the 30 most important players in the NBA, which unless you go through an exercise like this, you really don't understand. So um, I think it's illuminating. I think it was a lot of fun and uh, I'm looking forward to coming back and and finishing it out. Yeah, it'll be, it will be fun. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm already kind of looking through the list and trying to pair up my. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna take some time. We'll come back next week. We'll uh, we'll have it all planned out, and we'll know who our targets are, and we'll start yelling at each other when we when they take our guy. Yeah, we didn't have that enough disagreements today. No, I, I mean, I, were... I think your a lot of your picks were stupid, but I didn't want to call you out in the podcast. So <laughs> that's good. You didn't want to look stupid by calling my pick stupid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all right, Chad, it's good to talk to you. All right, man. Yeah, you as well. Have a good you too. All right, bye. Take care.